sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward Mills. Be lazy, give him praise. Give him praise. He's enthroned. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He redeems your life from destruction. He heals you of all your diseases. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He redeems you from the destruction of the enemy. Give him praise. It is not a social affair. Give him praise. He preserves your going out and your coming in. Oh, for if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would we have been? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, worship choir. And you may take your seats too. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What a miracle it is tonight that I should be here. <laughs> And God is in the business of doing miracles. Amen. Amen. Um, for a long time, for some period, I thought that Daughter Australia was not going to come on. But I think God had other plans. Amen. And I am surprised to be here. What a, <laughs> what a shock. But I give God all the glory. The Bible says we should preach his word in season and out of season. It says we should rebuke, exhort, and reprove with all long-suffering and doctrine. To rebuke means to tell you of. And to rebuke, to exhort means to encourage you. And to reprove means to correct you. And the Bible says that we should learn to do that in season and out of season. Now, it is not in every season that you feel like preaching. Amen. But when God calls you, your will is not your own. And the Bible doesn't say that as many as are led by their moods, as many as are led by how they feel, as many as are led by their circumstances, Says as many as are led by the Spirit of God. So I thank God for the privilege of being here. Amen. Hallelujah. And I bring you greetings from the bishop. By the grace of God, he's well. And I will, by the grace of God, be joining him in Korea after this conference. 
And um, after that, I go back to Ghana, God willing, and he has a marathon. But God will give him grace for what lies ahead. Amen. Amen. So he sends you all his genuine love and support. Amen. I also want to thank you, Reverend Chris and his wife, Lady Pastor Sarah. They have been on our case. <laughs> Sending all sorts of texts and WhatsApp. And making all sorts of suggestions, even when we had said the meeting was not possible. So thank God for the kinds of shepherds he gives you. The Bible said, the Queen of Sheba said to Solomon, it is because God loves his people that he gave them a king like you. So sometimes God gives you a certain kind of leader to demonstrate his love for you. So thank God also for all your pastors and lady pastors who labor among you. God bless you. For all the shepherds and everyone who is here, God bless you. Amen. And this evening, I hope to be quite brief. And um, we will start and believe God to continue tomorrow. But before I go into whatever it is that I believe the Lord wants me to share, I also want to pay tribute to my late father, who passed on the 22nd of August, 2011. He was 90 years old. And um, he was married to the same wife for 49 years, seven months, almost 50 years. And that's why I'm surprised that some of you are only married three years and you are thinking of leaving. And I pray that God will give you a certain grace and a certain understanding that our mothers have that the iPod, iPhone, Wi-Fi type of generation does not have. I pray that God, I wife, you know, and I husband. But um, I just want to thank God for giving me the kind of father he gave me. And um, I also thank God for the teachings in Lighthouse, you know, about remembrance, being grateful, and all that has transformed my life personally. And when I look back, I don't have any regrets that, oh, I should have told him this. Oh, daddy should have known that there's no such thing. Because any time it was his birthday, Father's Day, I always called or even went to visit and we told him what we thought. So I don't have any regrets about something that I've harbored in my heart. Oh, I should have expressed this to him. There was no such thing. And I thank God for that. And I pray that you too will take him to the teachings. Bible says, honor your father and your mother, that it may be well with you. So it's for your sake that God says, honor your mother and your father. And he didn't say, honor your father who has done right. Honor your father who looked after you. Honor your father who was loving. He says, honor your father and your mother. That it may be well with you. And that you may live long on the earth, which the Lord thy God giveth thee.
So sometimes you are praying, but you are not living long. Because you are not walking in the light of God's word. But I want to say that God gave me a great dad. And he nurtured me in spirit, in soul, in body, academically, and in every way. And he brought me to a place where I lacked nothing, if you like, physically and even spiritually. And it makes me know that then God is a more superior father. So may his soul rest in peace. He, he initially didn't understand my work with God. And as I went for Christian fellowship all the time, he once asked me, why do you have a boyfriend there? Every day you want to go for the meeting and I didn't have any boyfriend or beloved. But he didn't understand my commitment. But as the years went by, he understood more and he really stood with us. He was at every important event of Lighthouse Chapel International. And at various stages of his life, he has given up about five of his properties for the church in various places to meet in. And um, I give God the glory for that. The only downside to that was that whenever the church went and littered the place, or then they would call me. So sometimes I could have five calls on five different branches. And I would tell them, why are you calling me? Call the pastor. I said, no. You are the bishop's wife. Go and talk to the pastor in some place somewhere. <laughs> well, in all these things, we give God thanks. Amen. Amen. We look forward to putting his mortal remains in the earth on the 11th of November this year. That is to come. Um, those of you who are surprised that somebody has died and we are now going to bury him in November. When we went for the family meeting, they even proposed January. Because they say he's royalty, he's this, but we fought it. And by the grace of God, in November, we'll lay him to rest. But I'm, I'm comforted that it's just his mortal remains. But the real person has gone ahead to be with the Father. And has left you and I here to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Well, this evening... I want to speak to you on part two of something that I have spoken about before. And um, it is about the woman who fears the Lord. The woman who fears the Lord. Proverbs chapter 31. So this is the woman who fears the Lord, if you like part two. Those of you who haven't let, heard part, part one before, don't worry. Amen. Amen. Proverbs chapter 31. It's a very famous chapter. Everybody quotes it, but I don't know if everybody walks by it. The Bible says, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Amen. Message Bible says, charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. 
The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. The woman who lives in the fear of God. So if you like, the title of this message is The Woman Who Lives in the Fear of God. And it says, give her everything she deserves. Festoon her life with praises. Amen. Amen. Now, the fear of the Lord is something that is lost in the body of Christ. The fear of the Lord is something that is absent in our day-to-day walk with God. In the church, we say we are born again, but we usually live anyhow. And we don't live as if there's even a God that we are related to in the first place. Secondly, we don't live as if there's a God that we must give an account of our lives to. We don't live like there's a God who has leased our lives to us that we have to account to for how we lived our lives. We don't live as if we even know that we are the temple of the living God. Most of us, we, 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 we treat our bodies like kiosks. Anybody buying anything can come to it and do anything to it. Because there's no fear of God in our hearts, in our conscience, or in our everyday lives. We say we are born again, Jesus is Lord, but really, what is Lord is our emotions, our feelings, our ideas, and our thoughts. But the real fear of God is absent. We sin with impunity. We sin and we never even feel sorry. And feeling sorry is different from repentance. Feeling sorry is the first step to repentance. But repentance is turning away from something that grieves God or grieves the Holy Spirit and walking in another direction that pleases God. But most of the time, we have sorrow. And we may even have regrets, but we don't have real repentance. Hallelujah. And what we do is we go from place to place, sometimes from prophet to prophet, from church to church, from revelation to revelation, from conference to conference, looking for so many things. All the things that the ladies stood here with. We look for them. We look for beauty in the shops. That's why the cosmetic industry is one of the most thriving and fastest growing industry. We look for money. Sometimes that's why you even marry a man. Not because you love him, but you're looking for money. We look for security. And we put the, the, the quest for security in the wrong things. And we are surprised sometimes that the things that you put your security in won't always work. Some of us put our security in our marriages. Oh, my marriage is so secure. Oh, he loves me so much. Oh, he, nobody can love you like God loves you. And nobody can meet your every need like Jesus. And nobody can read into how you feel like Jesus. The Bible says we have a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. 
But sometimes even your beloved is not touched with the way you are feeling. Sometimes your husband does not even understand when you say you are under pressure. But the high priest is touched. Amen. We had love. We look for love in all the wrong places. And we put undue pressure on the brothers to give us what they don't have. Unconditional love is only divine. And we almost command stones to bring forth water. We look for fulfillment in education, all the things that they were standing here with childbearing, family, life. And yet you find it and you will see that even parenting is not easy. Parenting. Oh. When you are younger, you think, oh, it's when they wake up in the night, it's such a bother. It's true, but that's class one. There's graduates and postgraduates. Lady Ren, why are you saying all this? So we are looking for all this, running from place to place and not finding it. But if we would just walk in the fear of the Lord, perhaps many things that we are looking for will just be found, like the sister was holding, simply Jesus. But whether we believe it, and I know that we don't believe it because the zeal and the energy with which we pursue that new week that we are looking for, it's not that same zeal and energy with which we pursue the word of God. The way we hold on to every word that that foolish boy tells you is not the same way in which we hold on to the indestructible word of God. The word that heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. We don't believe it. Hallelujah. And they give us raps. Were you made or were you crafted? And then when you go to bed, instead of meditating on the word, you are meditating on lies. Huh? But the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord can bring you to a place that all these things will just be added unto you. Hallelujah. Sometimes you are looking for deliverance or protection. And you look for it in the wrong place. Now turn your Bibles to Psalm 34, verse 7. Psalm 34, verse 7. I hope that in the last two years, your knowledge of God's word has grown. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Psalm 34. Verse 7. Are you there? Right. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Now the first thing we can learn in these verses is that the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. So when you decide to walk in the fear of God, automatically an angel encamps round about you. Hallelujah. But in Ghana, well-educated people, well-educated women especially and men, are going to so many prophetic meetings looking for protection. Because what God has told us, he says just walk in the fear of God. The woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. But instead of believing what God has said, we are using our own effort to create things for ourselves. But as soon as we decide to walk in the fear of the Lord, the angels just camp and encamp around us. They make a camp around you. Not because you have holy water. Not because you have holy handkerchief. But because you walk in the fear of the Lord. It doesn't even say you have to pray for it. You just decide to be a woman who fears the Lord, who trembles at his word, that God's word means so much to you. The angel of the Lord just comes and encamps around you. You know, sometimes some people are staying with you, but they are of no use. In Ghana, when some people's houses have been attacked by armed robbers, or by the people in the house, they are of no use. They are just shouting. They are just one of our pastors armed robbers, a thief, came to their house. And both he and his wife, they like living like Adam and Eve. Do you understand Adam and Eve? In the Garden of Eden. When they are sleeping, they don't have any excess baggage on them. So when the thief came, they couldn't get up. So they were just shouting, hey, hey, stop what you are doing. Hey, hey. By the time they could get their clothes, the thief had taken what he wanted. But the angel of the Lord encamps round about us. And not only does he encamp round about us, he delivers us. He delivers us. Sometimes people say, I'm going for a deliverance session. I'm going for a deliverance session. I'm going to be there for hours. I'm not against deliverance session. But I'm saying that we make the gospel and Christ more complicated than it should be. But that if we would just walk in the fear of God, not only will the angel of the Lord encamp round about us, he will also deliver us. Can you deliver yourself? Do you know the dangers that are surrounding you? You cannot know. You cannot know that Oh, this train I'm taking is not the right train. This flight, this will happen. If I do this, but just to be a woman who fears the Lord will bring deliverance your way. You'll be delivered from things that you have battled over the years. You'll be delivered from things that are stronger than you. For David said, deliver me from my enemies for they are stronger than me. They are things that are stronger than us. But when you walk in the fear of God, not only will the angel of the Lord encamp round about you, but he will also deliver you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. The woman who fears the Lord. I will tell you what are some of the things I've said already about Samuel, which show us that you fear the Lord. 
Now, verse 9 says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his sins, for there is no lack to them that fear him. Apart from encamping around you and delivering you, there's no lack. But there's so much lack in your life. Your whole prayer topic is give me, give me, supply, change him, change me, change them, change it all the time. And the psalmist is advising us, admonishing us, oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints. Oh, fear the Lord. And then he gives us a reason. Because there's no lack to them that fear him. Now we have turned it around. Not fear the Lord, but seek for those things. And you will find them. But you have been seeking since you came to this Australia. Have you not seen that you have not found? But when you walk in the fear of the Lord. You see, the fear of the Lord... Is what has made me stand here tonight. Because I fear not to obey his word. Not fear that is, you know, negative fear. that oh, I can't do anything. I'm under pressure. No. But there's a certain reverence. A certain respect. A certain awe for what God has said. And that acts as, um, it acts as uh, something that stops you from manifesting in your flesh. Do you understand? Sometimes you want to manifest in your flesh because this person is annoying me. I want to tell her a thing or two and usually it becomes three or four. Amen. Amen. This person is rubbing me the wrong way so I'm going to deal with it this way. But the fear of the Lord will speak to you. The fear of God will let you want to obey him will let you want to do his will. What is God's will? Usually I ask myself, if it were Jesus in this situation, what would he do? What would Jesus do? What does God's word say about this situation? But you, when you freak out, if what does God's word say, it doesn't even occur to you because you don't walk in the fear of God. There's nothing like that. There's no referee in your life. I always say that everybody must have a nevertheless. You know, Peter said, we've told all night, we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word. Jesus said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will. So sometimes you are suffering, even as a son of God. You don't want to die. You said that if it's possible, let that you express how you feel. What a loving God. He wants us to be ourselves. So just express how you feel. But at the end of the day, he wasn't led by his feelings. He was led by what is the Father's will. So he said, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless. Not, and the Bible says that he was in deep sorrow. And even the sweat from him became blood. And he needed an angel to come and stretch. That was the son of God. How much more you and I? But in the midst of great agony and sorrow, he still feared the Lord. I must do his will. I must please the Father. It's not my will. Yours be done. And I always say that if Jesus' trial was a cup, then your foolish trials are teaspoons. Amen. Amen. If dying on the cross was a cup, then why do you behave as if your problems are a tub, a bathtub, or a bucket? It's not even a cup. But he had a nevertheless in his life. But we, we don't have any fear of God. 
we just manifest. I believe that God gave me the grace to obey his call on my life because of the fear of God. Because I thought about it that, look, it may be prestigious to say you're an attorney, you practice with the attorney general's department, you have 10 years under your buckle then, you know, it may be prestigious. But what is God's real purpose for your life? And then when I decided to obey God, it wasn't just to obey God, the obstacles, the obstacles of being misunderstood, the obstacles of being warned, you know, I always say, my boss told me, are you going to leave your profession to follow a man? And it makes sense. She said, men can change at any time. And being a pastor in the church, I have seen both men and women change so much. So much. Sometimes they come from marriage comes, I say, do you love her, lady reverend? Till eternity. <laughs> Till eternity. Then sometimes after a few months, hey, they have thrown her things out. The eternal love did not last even on earth. Amen. Amen. But misunderstandings, shame sometimes, embarrassment, the inability to even explain what you are doing and why you are doing what you are doing and people not valuing something that's of God. They value when you are a CEO of this, you are an attorney of this, you created iPhone and iPad. They say you've changed the world. But the man who changed the world by shedding his blood has not been celebrated like that. And when you look at all these things, oh, the pressure is to my, I'll cave in. No, I can't. I will follow what man wants. But the fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord. The woman who fears the Lord. Wow. When you fear the Lord, it will even be seen in your marriage. Oh, yes. You fear the Lord so much that you don't want to walk in unforgiveness. Mm. You fear the Lord so much, you, not, you don't fear the man. You fear the Lord. You fear the Lord so much that you want to walk in wifely submission. You fear the Lord so much as a man that you know that the fact that he says that you are the head does not mean you should bully and trample the woman underfoot. The fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because you don't kick around something you love. You don't maltreat something you love. And the Bible didn't just say love. It said that as Christ loved the church. Hey, your task is not easy. Not as you love me, as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Gave himself. I think that even the woman's part is easier. But there's no fear of God even in the way we live our marriages. What, what is God's mind? What is he saying? There's nothing like that. But the Bible in this Verse David is admonished, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there's no lack. No lack. What do we lack? What, what are the things that we are always praying about? Finances, breakthroughs, miracles, healing. Could it be that because we have walked out of the fear of God, we lack so many things? Bible says, Seek ye first his kingdom, and his righteousness, and all other things shall be added. But we are rather seeking all other things so that the kingdom will be added. It's a misnomer. 
Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there's no lack to them that fear him. As I was saying, when I, out of the fear of God, decided to obey God, it is not my husband who called me to full-time ministry. I always say that if it is my husband who called me, I would have resigned long ago. Amen. Because when a man calls you, and then you see some obstacles, this is not what you say. You didn't say that when I come, I'll have pressures and obstacles. I'm out. I'm out. But when you know that it's God who called you, 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 you see grace to stay even in hard places. And thus I have walked with God in full-time ministry. God has supplied more than I could imagine or even ask him for. There are many things God has done I never prayed about or even asked for. There's no such thing to pray, oh God, give me this. Oh God, help me this way. Oh God, whatever. Most of the things, it is as I have walked in the fear of God, he has brought me to the place where you will not have any lack. Sometimes you will not even have money, but you will be able to do what you have to do. That's how God works. You will be able to just do what you have to do. Amen. I mean, these days I go to so many places in Ghana and maybe to renew this, do this document, whatever. I don't even know the people. And they'll say, oh, madam, please, this way. That's where the VIP service people, even the bank, is like premier customers, and I'm always sitting amongst them. Not because my account is up to premier, whatever, but because the gospel has brought me to that place. So you say, Lord, I want to see the world. I want to go here. I want to do this. But as you walk in the fear of God, now, I rather cannot meet my commitments. You know? And when you are not moving all over the world, you think that's very glamorous. (laughs) But you can come to a place where it is a difficulty. Do you understand? Oh, inviting me to here. How can I meet up with it? Even this year, my husband has canceled so many appointments. As you see his calendar like that. Sometimes when I look at his schedule, I say, your schedule is like an album. Color here, color here, color. He cannot meet all. But some people are also seeking that. I want to do this. I want to meet here. I want to have exposure. I want to have, and it's not coming. As you walk in the fear of the Lord, you will not lack anything. There are many things that money cannot buy, like good health, peace of mind. And sometimes you don't even know what you need for the future. But as you walk in the fear of God, he will make sure that you don't lack any good thing. The woman who lives in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Says the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. It means the fear of the Lord is something that can be taught, and therefore it is something that can be learned. You can learn to walk, hallelujah, in the fear of the Lord. And when you do that, God takes care of things that you shouldn't be taking care of. Exodus chapter 1. 
Exodus chapter 1. Are you there? Exodus chapter 1. If you are not there, say wait for me. <laughs> we are reading from 15. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shipra and the name of the other Pua. And he said, When ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools. If it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men children alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwife said unto Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered before the midwives come in unto them. Verse 20. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. In verse 21. And it came to pass, because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. Because the midwives feared God, that he made them houses. The Bible had said before that because they feared God, God dealt well with them. Now some of you, you have been fighting to even have just deposit for your mortgage to own a house. It has been a struggle and that is your whole life's preoccupation. Oh God, when? Oh God, when can I have a home I can call my own? Oh God, I'm adding up and it's not adding up. But these midwives, they didn't go to any special miracle service. They didn't say, name it, claim it, and take it. They just feared God. They just feared God. And God dealt well with them. God dealt well with them. Hallelujah. And so it is with you and I. If we would just walk in the fear of God. The midwife said, Pharaoh, you are powerful. And you are saying all sorts of things. But the fear of God does not allow us to do the thing that you are asking us to do. Some of us, for our security, our safety, our own sake, we will not walk in the fear of God. But these midwives did not even know that God will use that to give them a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Sometimes you have fasted and prayed, Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a child. Lord, give me healing. Lord, do this. If you walk in the fear of God, he will deal well with you. Amen. The Lord dealt well with the midwives. And the Bible says that because they feared, it didn't mean sweat. Or oh, because, you know, they just did good. And because they feared the Lord, God made them houses. Some versions say God built families and homes for them. And many women have the desire to have a family life. Many women have the desire, oh, my husband must be like this. My children should be like this. But look, you may be the best parent, but it doesn't guarantee that your children will turn out well. It is the grace of God. Because God was a perfect parent, and yet he had two rebellious children. God, perfect parent. He's not like you and I with faults. 
And yet, he had two children who rebelled against him. And so the fact that you are the best parent does not mean that your children will turn out a certain way. It is the grace of God. And when God decides to build your family for you, then something has happened in your life. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. The woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen? Hmm. Acts chapter 10. Are you there? There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? He said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Amen. Amen. Now the Bible says that Cornelius was a man, a devout one that feared God with all his house. Sometimes the person may even be an unbeliever. Sometimes a person may not even know God. Sometimes a person may not even know the way to God. But just being a devout man and a man who feared the Lord, it is because he feared the Lord that he gave alms and offerings and prayed always. The fear of God. And because of that, he didn't know what he needed. God looked at him and said, you know, you fear me, you pray, you give alms, but you don't know me. Therefore, I'm going to send a vision to Peter. And the whole apostle is going to come to your house. You. You are, you are, you are not known. You are not Jewish. You have not done anything to deserve this. But because you fear the Lord. Because you fear the Lord. I will send apostle Peter to your house. When you have not even requested it. In fact, you don't even know you need it. You have not even put it in your prayer topic. A man who feared the Lord. And God organized for Peter to come to that man's house. And not only to bring salvation, but to bring the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Peter later said that now I know that anyone who fears the Lord and calls upon his name, God gives the Holy Spirit to that person. So when you fear the Lord, a certain dimension of the Holy Spirit comes to indwell your house and where you live. Hallelujah. For Cornelius was not only a devout man, but he feared the Lord. A woman who fears the Lord. When you fear God, a message that you need to hear, that has been kept from you, you are in the darkness, and God knows that when you get this revelation, your life will explode. He knows how to organize it, to bring it your way. When God knows that you need to meet a certain servant of his, who will come with certain truths? God will orchestrate it and send it your way without your having prayed for it. He feared the Lord. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. For there's no luck to them that fear him. Cornelius' fear brought him the gift of speaking in tongues. 
Some people had been preached to in Samaria by Philip, but they had not received the Holy Ghost. And Peter was somebody who doesn't go to Gentiles' houses. You see, sometimes there's a social divide. Sometimes there's a religious divide. You are not in my class, spiritually, religiously, or even socially. But the fear of the Lord can make a certain person who is in another social structure move into your life. Because it's God who will organize it. You, you will not be doing it by manipulation, connection. Oh, do you know anybody here? Oh, can you help? No. Cornelius didn't even know his need. So what the Bible says, fear the Lord. There's no lack to them that fear him. He lacked a knowledge of God. He lacked a personal relationship with God. He lacked the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the fear of the Lord opened the door and ushered it all in. The woman who fears the Lord. Finally, Psalm 25. Psalm 25. We will end there with this and then continue tomorrow. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. Him shall he teach in the way that he will choose. God will instruct us in the way that he chooses for us when we fear him. The psalmist is the one asking, what man is he that fears the Lord? He is the one who will be taught in the way that he should choose. Sometimes you are going on life's path, you don't know the way to choose. Sometimes when I'm praying for people, I say, Lord, when they come to crossroads and they don't know what to do, may they automatically choose what you know is best for them. May they automatically and without sweat make the right decisions. The Bible is saying that what man is he that fears the Lord? He is the one that the Lord would teach in the way that he should choose. Should I marry this man or I shouldn't marry him? There's a sister in the Kodesh in Ghana. She got married. She was a nice model, beautiful. Everything you think should work. When she got married, she got married to her husband. She was in love with him. A week after, the husband went out and has not been seen up to today. Now when you are choosing, and you walk in the fear of God, perhaps God will say no. Or God will do something to botch the relationship, not to let it work. He will instruct you in the way that you should go. When I look personally at my life, there were so many prophets who came before Bishop, but they were not the ones. And, you know, in the university, sometimes you look at the person, is it he who is to come, or shall we look for another? <laughs> but, somehow, I believe that it's God who instructed us in the way. Because it just never caught on. I just never felt that, oh, let me say yes to this. It never happened. Even when I tried to, I never was able to open my mouth to say yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But then later, as life has gone on, we all made our choices, and we are all on the path of life. And when I meet some of my friends 
who are married to the people that I would have chosen. I know that it is the Lord who instructed me in the way that I should walk. Hallelujah. What is the man that feareth the Lord? He will be instructed in the way that he should choose. It means that the Holy Spirit just comes into your life and directs things in a way just because you walk in the fear of the Lord. The woman who fears the Lord. Hallelujah. The next verse 13, his soul shall dwell at ease and his seed shall inherit the earth. Your soul will dwell at ease and your seed, when you fear the Lord. Oh, there's so much unease in this world. There's so much restlessness. You only have to put on the news to know that there's no hope. Even the biggest economies are all tottering. They're all shaking. Now people say, what, what should we invest in? Should we invest in this or should we invest? So in Ghana, they were saying, oh, the price of gold has gone high. So it's good to invest in gold. Then last week or last week, they were saying that, oh, too many people are rushing for the gold. So now it's also going down. All the kingdoms of this world, the European economy, the American economy, the Australian economy, they are all tottering. No matter what. But the Bible says, when you fear the Lord, your soul will dwell at ease. It says that the mountains may be removed into the sea. Everything may be shaken, but God will say to you, be still and know that I'm God. So when you fear the Lord, your soul, your emotions, your feelings, your thought life, it will be at, at peace. Sometimes some storms are raging, and then people say, Sister Mom, you always look the same. You don't look like you're under pressure. It is not intentional. So I said, so what should I look like? Show me. So that I will also manifest how I should look. And sometimes and often, I know that it's not me. Sometimes some storms can be swelling. Things might have gone wrong. But there's a certain divine peace and ease that comes from God that you know that... It is not my natural self to be at ease in such storms. But the Bible is saying that when you fear the Lord, your soul shall be at ease. Yeah. Hallelujah. People have all sorts of diseases. High blood pressure, panic attacks, anxiety. Could it be that it's because we have missed out on walking in the fear of the Lord? His seed shall inherit the earth. Sometimes when somebody has been godly, Good things happen to the seed. And sometimes the seed look like they don't even deserve it. And often it's not because of what the seed has done, but it's because of what the parents have done. Because the Bible says that the righteousness of God is to a thousand generations. So like the people in Europe, they who have turned their backs on God. I believe that because their forefathers planted a certain seed, the Bible says that their righteousness is to a thousand generations. And he says to the wicked too that your, your wickedness is also to a thousand generations. So sometimes some generations come, they, they may not even know God, but they will inherit the earth. Because it's a biblical principle. The next one, the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Does God ever share any secrets with you? When you walk with the Lord, the secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. 
When you fear him, he reveals certain secrets to you. Many times as a pastor, and as a human being on this planet, I don't go fishing for information. I don't, what's happening? What's this? What the, information just comes to me. I'll just be walking and the, the Lord just gives me secrets. Sometimes I'm just even talking to people and I say, look, you, I, I, I don't say, that's here the Lord, or it's a word of knowledge. I'll just say, this thing that you are doing, just stop it. Then later when I've gone, they'll be sending texts, Mommy, how did you know? It's exactly whatever. But I didn't know. But the Lord just shares his secrets. The secrets of the Lord are with them that fear him. And sometimes you, know that, you need that secret to know how to operate in this life. Some time ago, you know, we were somewhere, and I just said that, I don't know. A lady said to me that God had blessed her. So that year, she was going to bring different types of offering 31st night to thank God. And I said, wow. She said, look, there have been prophecies in the church that I'll go here, I'll earn different types of currencies, and it has happened. She said, Samami, I want to share it with you. So she said, I have Swiss francs, this amount. Check money, this amount. This is what she told me. Then we went to church some years ago. And then she came to put her envelope. And when she was going to the office, she said to me, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's me, you know. <laughs> so she put her offering. As soon as she put it, it must have been the Holy Spirit, very quietly said to me, this offering will not, will not get to where it's going. And I looked at the brother. So it made me look at who was holding the basket. And it was this faithful brother, always in church, sweet, serviceable. So I said, ah, but why? But incidentally, three times I myself had paid my tithe. And I had this strong edge, so I wrote behind the tithe. I didn't, I didn't think of that brother in particular, but I just felt that this my tithe, it won't reach where it's going. And I am not in the treasury department, nor is my husband to know what. So I wrote behind the envelope three different times over three different years. Please don't take this offering. It is hard won. I really want to give it to Jesus. Please don't do anything with it. Three times I wrote that. So later on, I said to my husband, it's very strange. As this sister came to put her offering, I just felt that it would not go. I just said it in person. We're even having breakfast. My husband said, really? Why? I said, I don't know why. And it has happened to me. This is the fourth time. My own tithes. I've written behind it. Please don't steal it. Please don't take it. Please. It's a sacrifice that I'm bringing. It's not easily got, gotten. But because I love God. I write all that oh, behind the. <laughs> and so it made me notice the particular usher. So then my husband called the treasury and said, Somebody brought an envelope because the lady told me about it. Check money, this money. I mean, an unusual envelope, unusual. They looked, they said, it's not in the offering. They said, then it's the treasury. Search the treasury, do this. The treasury people were called back. They said, it's not us. They asked all the people. They said, it wasn't them. Then they decided to do some investigations into this brother's life. Lo and behold. Lo and behold, there it was. The secrets of the Lord belong to them that fear him. I tell you, God really reveals things to you without your going to snoop. 
Find out. <laughs> Will it be well? Is there something chasing me? Is there something wrong? You don't, just walk in the fear of the Lord. The Lord will reveal so many things to you. Sometimes I see people and I say that, you, you are a very dual person. Oh, Lady Reverend, I said, because you have two lives. You have a life in church. And then you, hey, Lady Reverend, who has come to say, I said, I just feel that that's how you are. And then I just walk away. Lady Reverend, it's true. After church, I do this. And then later, I do this. The secrets of the Lord belong to them that fear him. Amen. Amen. And sometimes and often, you need a certain insight in life. You can't just walk with flesh and blood. You can't just walk with what you see. You have to walk with something higher. And just fearing the Lord makes God bring you nearer to reveal his secrets. For the Bible says that the Lord reveals the secrets to the prophets, the people that are close to him. And that God will not do anything. He said, I can't do anything without revealing it to my servant Abraham. Abraham had not been to any anointing service. But just walking in the fear of the Lord brought all these things his way. Hallelujah. Amen. Still in Psalm 25. We are doing some teaching here. It says that God will confide in you. And not only that, he will show them his covenants. He will make his covenant known to you. The covenant is God's promises to you. You may not know that in this department, God has promised me this. In this area, God has promised me this. It's like your father leaving you a will and you don't know. And you are always struggling, whatever, whatever. But the fear of the Lord will reveal all that to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Finally, finally. You need preachers always say finally. First Peter chapter 2, verse 17. First Peter chapter 2. Verse 17. It's Peter giving us a commandment. It says, Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Hallelujah. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God. Another king. So the fear of the Lord is even a commandment to us. It is not something that God is just saying lightly. But Peter says, fear God. Fear God. Oops. The woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. This evening, leave here making a covenant in your heart to fear God. When you respect and fear somebody, his opinion matters to you. When you respect and fear somebody, you are like God. You can even swear to your own heads that you will do things that will even put you in danger like the Hebrew midwives. But certain dimensions of miracles and breakthrough will come to us just because we fear the Lord. And that is why the book of Proverbs says a woman who fears the Lord is different from a woman who is charming. It's different from a woman who is beautiful. When ask Miss Australia, every year a new one is crowned. And the older one becomes obsolete. Go and ask them. Do you know the beauty queens that have come before you were born? Some of us, we are so obsessed with our beauty. You know, I had a lady, I used to tell her, 
treat your husband right. The way you talk about this man, I am surprised that you are married to him. And if you go on like this, your marriage is so new. If you go on like this, it's not going to last. But she wouldn't listen. Well, Lady Reverend, he's this, he's that, he's this. And then when I would tell her, she said, Lady Reverend, I know that I am very beautiful. She said, even when I'm walking on the road, men can't drive. Lady Reverend, they cannot drive. They just turn and they look at me, look, down my road. Even how I move, I can see that. They wonder whether I was created or crafted. And this same lady, I told her, walk in the fear of God. Walk in the word. Everything your husband does wrong, he begs you so hard. Everything you do wrong, you never say sorry. You talk to him anyhow, take your time. But there was no fear of God in her. She could talk about pastors anyhow. I mean, she just had a mouth, she would just shoot it anyhow. She went to bring divorce papers. The husband says, I'm not going to sign. She said, then I will do it myself. After some years, she called me, Lady Reverend, I want my husband back. There's no fear of God. Even fear of pastors, she doesn't have. She doesn't have any fear of anybody because she's beautiful. And I saw her recently at her wedding. Oh, the beauty has evaporated. Beauty is vain. Beauty is vain. It can't last forever. There will always be younger people than you coming up. You cannot depend on your beauty or your charming manner. Oh, pastor, do you really want... Oh, pastor, let me... Every, you are so charming to the pastor, but very wicked to your husband. Pastor, can I get you a drink? Pastor, is everything okay? You have never asked your husband whether everything is okay. When he asks you for a cup of tea, he says, don't you see the kettle? But when the pastor asks the pastor, do you want cappuccino or you want coffee? Do you want tea or you want green tea? Do you want Earl Grey or you want coffee beans? Pastor, which one? Charm. Charm. All that you know is to charm us. Even in the church, you are just charming us. When we hear you, we say, oh, you are so gentle. But when you are at home, you are a monster. Charm is deceitful. Charm is so deceitful. You know? And even charm is sometimes what leads the brothers to propose to the sisters. Sometimes they even know the history and everything, but charm. We will charm them and then they are dazed. They can't think anymore. And when you are charmed, it means you are deceived. And so many brothers are deceived. It's, it's so pathetic. They are, they are deceived by hips 48, bus 30. Because I ask them sometimes, who would you like to marry? Oh, Lady Reverend. Bust 48, wait, bust 38 and hips 48. I said, how do you know what even 48 is? How do you even know what 48 is? Charm. They are deceived. Charm is deceitful. When she says, oh, you call her, how is it this evening? I'm fine. Did you have a hard day at work? Then she'll cry a little. Oh, yes. Oh, this lady, she'll be very easy to rule. 
She will listen to everything I say. You are deceived. Charm. You've been charmed. When you marry as a Christian, you say for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. So you have to live with the charm. But unfortunately, the charm has lifted. That's why the Bible says that charm is deceitful. It means that charm has a way of drawing you in a deceitful way. Charm has a way of affecting you in a... But a woman who fears the Lord. That is what brothers you should look for in a woman. Because when she fears the Lord, it will make her be faithful to you because she fears the Lord. Hallelujah. It will make her forgive you of your many things that you do. Because you brothers, you can break our hearts. But the fear of the Lord will allow her to forgive you and still be married to you by the grace of God. Amen? Amen. The fear of the Lord will help her not to return fire for fire. When you shout, she also shouts and you now have uh, Iraq in your house every day. Fire for fire. I tell you. But a woman who fears the Lord, a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Stand to your feet, please. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to talk to Jesus. I want you to lay everything on the altar and to be frank and honest with him. For it is a broken and a contrite heart that the Lord desires. I want us to come to the place of true repentance where we say, Lord, we have not feared you enough. We have not walked in the fear of God. That is why the church of God is just like a replication of the world. When people come, they don't see any difference because there's no fear of God in our midst. But tonight, every eye closed and every head bowed. You want to say, Lord, I want to begin to walk in the fear of the Lord. I make that decision. I repent of my way of walking, which has no fear of God whatsoever in it. And I turn back and I begin a new journey of walking in the fear of God. Lord, do something new in my life. Talk to God. It is not a social issue. Draw me close to you. Please help me. Never let me go. Again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire. You are my desire. No one else will do. No one else will do. No one else can take your place. The warmth of your embrace to feel the warmth of your help me find the way help me find oh jesus
Jesus, bring us back to you. up your hands and ask him to help you find the way. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are You're all I want. You're all I want. the last time draw me close to you let the words of this song be the words of your heart to the savior never let me go lay it all down lay it all down i lay it all down again Of your embrace to feel the warmth. Help of me your find the way. Help me find the way. Make that your prayer. Help me find the way. Oh Jesus, help oh, us to find our way back, back to, you. to you. Back to the fear of the Lord. Back to what really matters, Lord. Yeah. Oh, help us find the way. Help us. Help us find the way. Find the way, Jesus. Help me know you. You're all I want. Bring him your desires. Bring him the things that you've been working for. Begin to walk in the fear of God. desires to the altar and lay them down and take up the fear of God. You are all I want. You are all I want. You are all I want. Lord, change our hearts. Change our desires. Change our drives. Change our priorities, Jesus. And help us walk in the fear of God.
bowed, every eye closed. You are here tonight. You don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. You are not sure whether you will go to heaven or hell when you die. You want to say, Lady Reverend, please pray for me. I want to be sure of my destiny. I want to be sure whether I'll go to heaven or hell, Lord. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to start all over again. I want to walk in the fear of God. Lady Reverend, I want to mean business with God all over again. They are like that here this evening. Just lift up your hands wherever you are standing. Forget who is on your left and who is on your right. You want to say, Jesus, I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want to start afresh. I want to walk in the fear and nature of God. Just lift up your hand wherever you are. High above your shoulder, I want to see it. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Forget about who is on your left and who is on your right. Let Jesus touch your heart. And give me the privilege this evening of leading you to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You've lifted up your hands. Please come forward. Come to where I am. And give me the privilege of leading you to the living water. The well that never runs dry. Come. Come and give your life to Jesus. Come and confess him as Lord. Come and walk in the fear of the Lord. Come to the throne of mercy. Where you'll find mercy and grace to help in your time of need. You are all I want. Oh, Jesus, close your eyes and tell him he's all you want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me know you are near. Help me know you are near. You've come forward. You want to close your eyes. You want to say this prayer after me. Let it be your own prayer. I'm just guiding you, but let it come from your heart as your own personal prayer to God Almighty. And God's ears are open to the prayers of sinners like you and I. You want to say, dear Lord Jesus, this evening, I come to you just as I am. Take my life and make it your own. Jesus Thank you for coming to die on the cross for my sake that I might live. Thank you for rising from the dead that I may have eternal life. From today, I give my life to you. Become the Lord of my life. I will no longer be my own Lord. I yield my life to you. Show me the way. Take my hand and walk with me. Satan, tonight I break every link with you. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, Christ has set me free and I'm free indeed. And from tonight I receive the grace of God. To walk in the fear of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Please don't go. Please don't go. I just want to say the happy birthday. Because you are born again, again, maybe, in God. And I pray that this will just be a first step and there will be no turning back. Who should they go with? Or after the service? Who should they go with? 
Okay, please go with our sister here and please quietly obey everything she tells you and then come and join us. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. Your word says that nothing is hid before you and that before you all things are laid bare. We bear our hearts to you this evening. Forgive us for our foolish ways. Forgive us for chasing things we ought not to have chased. Forgive us for giving our energies and our desires and our drives to the wrong things. Tonight, we make a turn around. Forgive your children. Your word says that when we confess our sins, you are faithful and you are just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Your word says if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But tonight, we acknowledge our sin. We acknowledge our worldliness. We acknowledge our fleshliness. We acknowledge that we have not been godly. We have not walked in the fear of God. Father, let tonight mark a turning point in our lives. Let strongholds of the devil, of the enemy, and of evil be broken in our lives in Jesus' name. And let there be a fresh lease of life for your people. And Father, I stand on behalf of your people, and I claim all the promises that come with walking in the fear of the Lord. May the angels of the Lord encamp round about us and deliver us, O oh God. May your people not suffer lack or want in anything. May you show us the way in every good thing. And above all, may you perfect all that concerns your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please take your seats. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.